yeah, you do need to understand holistically what your product's solving. You're not solving a visitor sign-in problem, you're solving a problem around a lack of attention to the end user experience. Um, and that's why we're building stuff for the mail room, that's why we're building stuff for the meeting room, that's why we're building door access and, and, and space utilization. Because these are all areas that are critical to businesses, but people aren't really, they don't think of them as like an exciting, sexy thing in the office. And that's such an opportunity. Look for the boring problems. There's like a, there's like a whole philosophy around like chasing the boring problems. The challenge is that you have to make it exciting. It's really hard to convince a bunch of engineers uh, who are top talent to work on something really boring. So we feel that a focus on experience in, in the boringest of areas in the office is really a great place for us to really change things. When somebody signs in using Envoy, they, it, it notifies you via Slack, it, it posts it to like a database, it, um, it can integrate with your applicant tracking system, it integrates with Salesforce and like updates the CRM information, it uh, integrates with Box and Dropbox to upload your NDA into a place that legal knows where to look. Stephen Cummins and this is the final part of a three-episode mini-series with Larry Gadia, CEO and co-founder of Envoy. Larry opens up on the importance of getting comfortable with imposter syndrome and finding non-defensive team members. Like the previous guest, Appier's Winnie Lee, Larry also reveals that his life is completely wrapped up in his mission with his current startup. Apart from playing a few video games, the only hobby he really has is his giant Lego set of quasi-infinite possibilities, otherwise known as Envoy. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS skills. Think back to one moment in your life or one achievement that uh, you remember most warmly or, or that you have that you feel proudest about, what would that be? <laughs> I mean, I would say that the getting that job at Google was really a spark that started everything. Um, it was it was a pretty big deal. I mean, it's like this kid and me being kind of like, what what is going on? Like, why am I having an interview with this company? I was afraid that if I would get the questions wrong, like they would blacklist me permanently or something. Um, so there's definitely a great list of things there, but I just did it anyways, and and that for sure was incredibly impactful um, too where it's just like everything built on top of the previous thing. Like my manager um, referred me to Twitter. Twitter, I learned all the stuff that I needed and the people to know and the investors to know to kind of start Envoy. Um, and, and just everything we've built at Envoy has just been building on top of each, each other. Uh, it never felt like a reset. So, um, so that's really important and it's, it's kind of why I think we're doing reasonably well today. And you talked about motivation and I agree with you. Um, that you know, getting five percent out of yourself if you don't have that motivation, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I think people live longer, feel happier, all sorts of things when they have that. Yeah. What's if your, they like building things, especially if they like building yeah. things, absolutely. Uh, actually, fixing things is is, is a harder is a harder <laughs> thing. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, building things is theoretically harder, but emotionally fixing things is harder. I think. Um, <laughs> so, what I'm what I'm wondering is, what's your icky guy, or what's the thing? 
that, what, what drives you every morning when you wake up? I think it's, it really honestly is a lot of the people at work. Like they, um, we've happened to hire a lot of people that are not very comfortable just doing the same old, same old. And they will literally leave the company if, if I don't push them. Um, and, and it's kind of weird because like the way it comes out in a day to day is that people like get, a, they're uncomfortable. Uncomfort being uncomfortable is not something that, that is, it's easy to say that like, yeah, if you want to achieve something great, it's, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. Um, it's not like a desirable thing. Like being uncomfortable means you're getting into arguments. You're like, uh, you're fighting over things. You're, you're disagreeing and like, it's just like weird things are being said. Like it is not a happy thing. Um, but it, it achieves greatness and it pushes people. So um, yeah, just people at work just completely pushing me and, and me pushing them um, is really key to getting things done. Which you've um, obviously made them comfortable enough so they, they feel comfortable to, to, to yeah. voice that you're empowering them. Yeah, and, that's really important. And the best companies knock heads together and come in in the morning and feel great about it. Anyway, anyway they, yeah. they just move on the next day. Yeah, yeah, or like maybe a couple of days later. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, you, it, well, you definitely need that. That's just like the, that's part of the like checklist of, of how to build a, a company that will survive. Like you definitely need that, that internal, um, question everything, comfort with questioning everything. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty easy to like at Envoy, like I've, I've definitely had people that have worked there that were not comfortable being questioned all the time. They were like, what, you don't trust me? Or what, like, um, defensive. Uh, yeah, very defensive. And, and you can see it, you can see it night and day immediately. Some people like thrive on getting that info and challenging it. And then you have a battle over what's right. Some people just take it personally immediately. And then, and then it's, it's like, it just doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is it's passion too, isn't yep. it? It's if you've passion, you push for what you believe in, even, even at risk to yourself sometimes, which, uh, is, yeah. which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You have to kind of be totally cool with looking like you don't know what you're doing all the time. That's the only way. Yeah, no imposters allowed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no imposter syndrome allowed. Everybody has it, but like you, you have to be okay with it. That's Absolutely. basically, yeah. Have you got kids? Uh, no, no. Okay, how do you keep healthy doing huh. all of this? Uh, I don't, um, but it's, it's just like, that's how it goes. Um, yeah, your life becomes what you build and it's, it's, um, I've been told by various people that I definitely need to get more hobbies and stuff outside of just doing work, but I don't know. I play games, it's fun. Where would you see Envoy in the next five years? I'm going to push you Five years, far. that's a long, that's I'm a long way. Push you that far. That's Keep a long way. Well, I think in five years we're, we, we will have built a platform for the office where it's not just us building cool new products that, that re, make people rethink how the office works, but it's, it's going to be other people building on top of it too. So, so exactly, a platform where uh, anybody can hook into all the data of the physical office. And a marketplace? Uh, and a marketplace is part of the platform. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it, there's so much data available, A, available in the office, and B, there's so much opportunity to innovate in, in an office and workplace environment. Um, and, and it's so hard today to sell to those people because uh, selling to the physical office, it's a very, very B2B motion. You have to be good at it. But if there was a company like ours that just opened up to, hey, we've got 50, 100,000 companies that, that use our platform, um, let us deal with the marketing and promotion of your products and you just worry about building cool new stuff on top of our platform, um, that's a pretty good compelling thing where people can focus on building stuff. 
So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And I think we'll definitely in the next five years for sure have that out by then. Um, though I'm hoping in the next one to two years is, is really when we, we start proving that out. Fantastic. And do you think process automation is going to become huge over the next five years? I think so, years? yeah, absolutely. Like what's, that's going to influence your company too? Uh, yeah, like for example, um, say you're, you're the first person in the office and you walk in, um, before you even walk up to the door or like when, when you're right about at it, it, it should unlock. And then when you walk in, uh, the lights should automatically turn on because you're the first person there. And the air conditioning should turn on and the, the TVs and whatever should turn on. Um, this is all stuff that will be totally possible and, and, and not only will it be convenient and, and let people focus on more important things, um, it will also help uh, get all the data for, for company efficiency, cost savings, security, compliance, all that other traditional stuff that, that people see value in too. So when are you uh, opening an office in Dublin? Uh, that's funny. I, I, Dublin's actually kind of growing and it's, it's turning into a real thing and I really like that. Um, uh, hopefully soon, um, but right now we're still focused on building our core initial team uh, in San Francisco. Your story is inspiring. Uh, there's something about it. Um, just working a few technical roles and, and uh, jumping out, uh, going, going after a uh, fairly easy to understand value prop and keeping the innovation going by not by not having a big sales team at the start or a big enterprise player at the start. Yeah, um, uh, that's important too. You don't want to have too big of a sales team too early. You'll get comfortable. You know, they say um, when you do start getting into the enterprise, it's good to have one or two kind of renaissance salespeople who will go into the enterprise and be really good at asking questions and coming back to you and, and, and talking to you about you know, that experience, given that it might be a bit different to some of the smaller offices that you might have gone into earlier. Yep. Um, did, did, did you have two or three of those people? Not to, really, that doesn't really chime with you. To be honest, we've been selling to bigger companies since the beginning. Um, like a lot of our initial customers, like people like Pandora and, and Yelp and, and uh, like GoPro, these companies had multiple offices from day one. Um, and, and we built the product to be pretty flexible. Um, now, we were not able to predict just how flexible people wanted it in these days. Like they want, they want all sorts of permissions and, and audit logs and they want uh, ISO compliances and, and all these other things. Um, but but it, it definitely, yeah, you do need to understand holistically what your product's solving. You're not solving a visitor sign-in problem, you're solving a problem around a lack of attention to the end user experience. Um, and that's why we're building stuff for the mail room. That's why we're building stuff for the meeting room. That's why we're building door access and, and, and space utilization. Uh, because these are all areas that are critical to businesses, but people aren't really, they don't think of them as like an exciting, sexy thing in the office. And that's, that's just like so, so important and like such an opportunity. Absolutely, and you've so much, there's just so much you can do. It's, it's, it's actually mind-boggling as you talk to me. There's just so so many things. It's like a giant Lego set you've got there. Yeah, uh, no, it literally is like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of fun, and, and there's no shortage of ideas. That's for sure. Um, in fact, our biggest issue right now is not doing too many things at once, um, especially as we are still kind of growing. You'd think a company six years in would have its things together. Uh, we certainly don't, and and no company that that is growing at the pace that we are does. But we try to keep as much moving that we can as, as possible. What are two or three things you might say to uh, you know, somebody thinking of starting a company? Uh -huh. um, I would say to like... A SaaS to, company. Yeah, I, if they want a SaaS company. So if you want like some, like guaranteed to work, 
um, kind of ideas, um, basically go follow somebody around that works at a company and look at all the manual stuff they're doing. Uh, specifically, especially when it's around the office, look at everything that they touch that involves paper and then, and then see what you could, and, and digitize that. Um, there's one area where just literally by taking a piece of paper and putting it on an iPad, that's like 50% of the battle right there. But then you'll discover all these other things you can do along with it. Like when somebody signs in using Envoy, they, it, it notifies you via Slack. It, it posts it to like a database. It, um, it can integrate with your applicant tracking system. It integrates with Salesforce and like updates the CRM information. It uh, integrates with Box and Dropbox to upload your NDA into a place that legal knows where to look. Um, it's just all these things that you couldn't do before with a piece of paper on a front desk. So I, I would say like look for problems that are super, that people have just been doing it the same way um, for years and years and, and, and then look for new innovative ways of changing those. And then, and then also look for things that people aren't excited about. Look for the boring problems. There's like a there's like a whole philosophy around like chasing the boring problems. Um, it doesn't mean that what you're going to do has to be boring. It just means that that the challenge is that you have to make it exciting. That's part of like when we build a new product. It's not about like hey let's make a lot of money out of this because it's really boring. That's typically how this industry existed before. The reason enterprise and B2B software was so expensive is because it was really boring. It's really hard to convince a bunch of engineers uh, who are top talent to work on something really boring. But if, if you're making it exciting, if you make it interesting, um, and if, you, if your goal in addition to uh, building this security and compliance product is to make it exciting and, 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 and delightful, um, that brings purpose. Uh, and that's how you will attract the best people. Actually, very similar to Gary Tan from Initialized. Oh, they were one of our investors. Yeah, ah, Gary's awesome. And that's why I guessed it. I, and I didn't know, actually. Usually, usually I, I've checked everything <laughs> out. But Gary, I interviewed Gary, and his advice on how to find the next company, very similar. Oh, so, that's great. So fascinating. No, that's literally it. That's like the, the easy hack. I'm sure there's all sorts of other ways, too. But, but that's the easy hack and, and lots of opportunity there. Thanks a million for being on 14 Minutes of SaaS. Absolutely, thank you for having me. In the next episode, I'm still in Rise, Hong Kong, where I met Anna Gong. She's the CEO and a board member in Perks. Now an enterprise B2B SaaS company that uses machine learning algorithms to augment customer loyalty. Perks focuses on leveraging your customer data to build interactive customer engagement with the end goal of driving up revenues. Like Larry Gadia, the countries Anna was born in, grew up in, and now lives in are all different. She was born in China, grew up in the US, and lives in Singapore, where Perks is HQ'd. Anna turned Perks upside down and practically refounded the company when she took over as CEO. Don't miss her story starting in episode 86 of 14 Minutes of SaaS. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love and I travel all over the world to interview the founders 
of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time. And I never play dirty tricks, such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots, we'll publish a month earlier. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you.